Hello everyone, this is Bunnell with the January 6th Insurrection Podcast. It is November 8th, 2023, uh, about noon in Washington, D.C., U.S. Capitol Hill. And I've been out of commission for a couple days. I usually, like I was saying before, I was trying to do a session every other day, but last week a wrench was thrown into a few things and I was unable to uh, to do any updates but you know it's the same old same old with what is going on with January 6th it seems like every day somebody is being arrested and charged for their involvement in the um, insurrection on Capitol Hill and if you are listening to my podcast, you already know what Donald J. Trump has been up to, and he's been a very, very bad little boy. And that is uh, saying that lightly. But uh, first I wanna begin with what my other day job is, and that is being an advocate for veterans, uh, veterans of war, veterans in general. And um, the fight, uh, continues because I read a very stark uh, statistic this morning before this statistic was lower than it is today but it seems to be going up and according to um, federal uh, uh, news the uh, rate of veterans killing themselves on a daily basis is 23 some say 22, some say 23. So that is going up um, 50 to 100% every a year. And I believe that I know why. And it sounds uh, neurotic and crazy, but when you're dealing with the federal government, you have to uh, kind of take off your logical cap because Everything that they do is not logical. And I'm not here to slam the federal government, but when you are dealing with them, nothing is by mistake. Everything is by design. And when I say this, uh, you know, next week is going to be Veterans Day, and every corporation is going to be out there touting how they support veterans and how they do this and how they do that, which is great, but that doesn't mean that um, it is helping veterans who really need help. And veterans wouldn't be killing themselves daily at a rate of 23 per day because they were getting the help that they need. And when I say this, this is based on experience and empirical evidence that the Veterans Administration is derelict of their duty and they are systematically offing veterans because what they have done is they have outsourced their responsibilities to third-party providers. And we all know what third-party providers are. They're of hapless, careless organizations that are only put into place to save money. And when a veteran goes to and there's only one that I've been dealing with for this long. It's called QTC, and they have an acronym for everything, but supposedly it means quality something. Um, it, they put you into a queue, a call queue, 
Uh, now, imagine if you're a veteran, you're like, I'm going to kill myself, I have a gun, I'm going to blow my fucking brains out, and I can't, I can't handle this anymore. Imagine yourself when, you're, when you call anyone and you have to be put on hold for five seconds, much less in a rate of 23 to, to 45 callers before you. And that is the result of the VA outsourcing their responsibilities to organizations and call centers that are not housed by qualified individuals and or even veterans. And that's another problem. See that, you know, I read something the other day about what is going on in the United States. And I think it was Steve Schmidt, who I really enjoy because he's, he's an intelligent man. And this is, um, Another example of the American citizen at their breaking point with institutions that are supposed to be put into place to provide them with services that they are paying for through their tax dollars. Now, um, I am here to tell you that it is a fact that the VA is not doing what they're supposed to. Because myself, if I were to call the VA, which I do almost on a daily basis, um, to, to follow through with anything, they're incapable of even answering the phone, much less being able to technically achieve an appointment with anyone who is a qualified individual in the position of the role and responsibilities that the federal government hired them to do. And I'm not kidding you, because I have gone across this nation to many different VA institutions, and they're all like a madhouse zoo because they have outsourced the responsibilities to other people who could give a fuck about veterans and their, their, their need of care. And I had a long conversation with an operator yesterday <laughs> because I was trying to, sorry about that. See, that's the VA right there. And th that's what they do. They flood you with call automated calls, FedExes, and paper mail so that you're so confused and you don't know what is going on because that's the strategy. See, that is the strategy because as a veteran, we're nothing more than a customer that that company doesn't want, right? Because when you go to a hospital, you pay that hospital money to take care of you. And they won't take care of you unless you have a bag full of money with you. The opposite is true with the VA. The VA has to take care of the veteran, myself, and they don't want to. So what they do is they put you into a labyrinth of call queues, FedExes, emails, text messages, empty calls, and the like to drive you insane so that you get a gun and blow your brains out. See, because the VA wants you to be toothless, alcoholic, drug addict, because that's all they know how to do is give you pills that don't work. See, because they're in bed with the pharmaceutical companies. And this is not me saying this. This is a fucking fact. You can ask any veteran who has served in any war up to this date, and they'll tell you when I go to the VA, they're unable to help me. Why? Because they're unqualified. 
And why are they unqualified? They're unqualified because they've outsourced their responsibility. And this is just another example of why citizens are pissed off that they rely on the federal government to do their job, but yet they're too busy on podcasts and running around the Capitol uh, screaming about space lasers. And you don't have to look no further than the Republican Party. Okay? So that is my V. I'm going to start a whole nother thing about the VA because I've already informed them. I've gone to the Office of Inspector General. I've gone to the Veteran Affairs Committee. Um, you know, the chairman of the Veteran Affairs Committee. I mean, all these people are put into place um, to, and his name is Jack Reed. You know, all of these people are you know, Senate Committee on Veterans Affairs, legislative directors, communication directors, all of these people are put into place to their gatekeepers, right? Because like I said before, when I go to Capitol Hill, the door is slammed in my face immediately because they don't want to hear it because they already know because they're in on, they're in on the con. And I just read the other day about how the VA VA administration, Veterans Administration, has um, contracted $60 billion, that's with a B, $60 billion for their IT infrastructure. So you're telling me that they're getting $60 billion and I can't even go online and find out answers to the questions that I have or any other veteran? And that is exactly why. 23 veterans are killing themselves every day because they can't get the service that they require because the fucking Republican Party has outsourced everything to a point where veterans are now killing themselves. This is a travesty and this is the truth. And I, you know, and I'm going around telling everybody, that's what I'm doing in Washington. I'm in Washington because this has gone on too long. And the problem is, is that they refuse to acknowledge the, the problem that they have. So that, you know, that you read, you can go on any website, anywhere, and they're like, oh, we're helping veterans. I mean, you have been brainwashed too, thinking that the VA is taking care of their veterans. I have, people wouldn't be killing themselves at a rate of 23 per day if the VA was taking care of their wounded veterans. And don't even get me started on all these programs that are out there because all they are, they're, they're money makers. And, and then they wheel around a veteran with one leg, one arm, and then they, you know, that's the only one they're taking care of. And they're putting the rest of the money in their pocket. It, it is it's systemic and it's, it's unconscionable. But anyway, okay, so let's talk about why we're really here. And, you know, the latest... Uh, government's omnibus so mr jack smith the uh oh jack smith boy he has been busy and his latest um motion i'm gonna read it just the title of it it's pretty bold government's omnibus opposition to defendants motions to dismiss the indictment on statutory and constitutional grounds so i think that you can really it's a it's a it's a page turn i mean it's like 70 five plus pages and it just goes you know boom 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 um just um striking out 
everything that John Laurel and his criminal attorneys are trying to defend the indefensible uh, ex uh, twice impeached President Donald J. Trump. And, you know, like I said before, I, I'm not really here to bash him because at this point it's abuse because he is so mentally disturbed that it's sad that America hasn't recognized that this man is, he's an old man. And it would be like if you were to see an 80 year old man on the street and there's a group of people surrounding him and they're throwing rocks at him. I'm thinking we need to, we need to, he needs help. And that's not, believe me, I think that he should be, uh, he should face a firing squad. That is what I believe because he has been a traitor um, in chief. And I really think that the American public is failing to see what is directly in front of them. The reason that they call Donald J. Trump the ex-president commander-in-chief and sir, like he likes to think that people call him, the president is an actual job, like any job, like the job you have, like the job I have, everybody's got a job. And that job has a role and has a responsibility. And the president is the most important job. It's not it's not a, a, a position where you're just up there acting like Trump. It's a job. You have to read. You have to think. You have to make decisions. You have to be cognizant. And you have to be aware. But yet, the focus is on the man. And, and I use that term loosely with Trump because he's not a man. He is a child, and he is a, a, a sad little child. And I'm going to go on the record. He was the commander-in-chief. And if any other commander out there in the military, whether it's the United States Navy, whether it's the United States Marines, if a commander was to be doing what Trump was doing in plain sight, they would have already put that commander in the brig and thrown away the key and he would never see the light of day again. But yet, because this guy is the president, he gets a pass to, to, to be a traitor to this country? It's unconscionable. So that brings me to I, what I believe is the meat of this motion or this omnibus motion that Jack Smith um, who I, you know, I don't hold his, I don't carry his water, but what I do carry is that he understands what the Constitution is. And the Constitution is the rule book. I know that people don't want to look at it that way, but in any organization, any company you work at, there is a, a book, a manual that says, listen, if this is your job, something as simple as being a McDonald's um, worker, they're going to show you and they're going to teach you and you're going to read a manual about how you make hamburgers. And the president is no different. Trump, when he was president, his job did not allow him to be a traitor to the United States of America. That wasn't his job. And he's now saying that he's immune to everything because he was the president. 
Well, you know what? Jack Smith said it best. Once again, well, how did he say it? And I quote, he is wrong again. That's an important quote. He is wrong again. Trump is wrong again, and he continues to be wrong. The indictment charges that the defendant corruptly obstructed and impeded an official proceeding, namely Congress's certification of the presidential election and conspired to do so. The, in, the defendant argues that the indictment fails to allege that he engaged in any conduct that obstructed or impeded the certification, proceeded, proceeding, or that he acted corruptly. He is wrong again. And he also pursued unlawful means of discounting legitimate votes and subverting the election results. And it just keeps going on and on. The defendant attempts to rewrite the indictment, claiming that it charges him with wholly innocuous, perhaps even admiral conduct, sharing his opinions about election fraud and seeking election integrity. When in fact, it clearly describes the defendant's fraudulent use of knowingly false statements as weapons and furtherance of his criminal plans. See, and that takes me back to, this isn't about, did he, um, was he responsible for the insurrection? Of course he was responsible for the insurrection. He was the one who sent out that email on December 18th, be there, be wild, okay? He was the one who said to the Proud Boys and his allies, uh, stand back and stand by. He was the one who was subverting the uh, electoral votes. He was the one who called Georgia uh, Secretary of State uh, Raffensperger and told him he needs 11,000 plus votes. He was the one who was having constant meetings in his oval, in our oval office. Let me correct that. It's not his anymore and never will be again. He was the one who had that crazy bitch Sidney Powell thinking that she was going to be the new attorney general and was going to seize voting machines because they knew that by getting the military involved that the American people may be swayed because of course you know anything with the military involvement people are going to stand up right and I really think that is the biggest crime of what Donald Trump has done. And, and the media, of course, you're not going to hear from them. What he essentially has done, and he started doing it on day one, and even in his inauguration speech. Here comes the president. Hold on. You're going to hear. See, this is what you deal with every day in Washington, D.C., is that any time a dignitary or, and he's parked right in front of my house, of course, um, any time that you have, um, <laughs> I'm sure you can hear, I mean, this is crazy. Washington, D.C. is a, a very uh, dynamic uh, place, I have to say, because you never know. I mean, yesterday there was some crazy person um, on Capitol Hill running around with a gun, so it was all locked down. But, um, Getting back to what I believe is the core of what Donald Trump essentially did was um, his biggest crime, which was um, he began a campaign against um, the United States.
And that's, that's not his job. His job is not to um, make us enemies of each other. And, you know, the reason that people say traitor or treason is because the role and responsibility of the president is to bring America together, the people of the country together. And you want to know why we're in the shitter and why people are robbing and shooting each other ad nauseum on the streets? is because this is a result of the federal government not working. And I will agree with Trump on one thing, is that there is a rot in Washington, D.C., because there is. And that's one thing that I can agree with the Republicans, the GOP MAGA cult on, that, that, that something needs to be cleaned up. And we can start with the Speaker of the House, but we'll talk about that later. Okay, so getting back to Trump's latest defense motions and a case of misplaced advocacy or constitutionally protected speech, and he urged the federal judge presiding over Trump's Washington, D.C. trial to sweep aside Trump's bid to sanitize, sanitize his conduct. So basically what he's saying is that, you know, if the president does it, um, it's legal, which didn't work for Nixon, it's not going to work for him. And that gets me back to the the role and responsibility of the president because the presidency is bigger than this fucking bloviated windbag donald j trump he is just a game show host and a white trash piece of shit there i go going off again but getting back to what essentially he has done and it's unfortunate that he his you know and the reason that it's working is because you have a, 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 a GOP uh, MAGA cult in the House of Representatives as well as the Senate, which they need to start um, packing their shit up because according to the 14th Amendment, Section 3, they can no longer um, be in office. And, and it's in the courts right now. And that's why they're acting as crazy as they are because they know the writing is on the wall. And it's unfortunate that the, um, the people who raised their right hand and swore an oath to the Constitution, which is the rule book, and your average citizen doesn't understand it or doesn't take it as serious as someone who has served and sacrificed for this country because that is the rule book. It would be the equivalent to, you know, you have a baseball World Series. I always say this all the time. And there, and then... There, there's a coach arguing that he wants the, the uh, player to be allowed four strikes. There's three strikes in a baseball game and you're out. You don't get four strikes. You get three. And the Constitution is exactly the same way. It is, it stands alone. Meaning, that is the rule book. And what the Demo what the Republicans are doing is they're saying, fuck you, we don't care what it says, we're going to do what we want, and you don't have to look no further than the Speaker of the House, who was the architect of the electoral votes. Debacle. He wrote that. And, and that religious nut job is now Speaker of the House because they refuse to acknowledge their role and responsibility. So when I think, say things like derelict of duty, I'm not saying it because I enjoy saying it. 
It's that you have a job and your job, like anyone else in the world, especially the United States, is to follow the rules. And 14th Amendment Section 3 is one of those rules. And I love to hear like media pundits, they're like, oh, that archaic rule. Well, you know what else is archaic? Um, Article 2. That's also archaic, but people will die based on that article. So all of the articles, all of the amendments, all of the sections are as important as the the ones that people hold near and dear to their heart. Like I hold the 14th Amendment Section 3 near and dear to my heart. Because the United States government doesn't have room for traitors. And any military personnel, Army, Navy, Marine Corps, whatever you want to say, whatever you, which one you want to pick, if a soldier, if they were on the front line and they were out there acting like a fucking fool and telling our enemies our strategy, they would execute them on the spot. So you have to look at the senators and the House of Representatives, as, and especially the president, who's the commander, who is the supreme guy. He is the lead who is supposed to make sure that our secrets and our, the rules and everything else are followed. This is maddening. And then we're made to look like we're the crazy ones for trying to keep them in check. And they've been running amok for 40 years. You don't have to go no further than Ronald Reagan. Okay? And then all the other nuts that followed him. The Republican Party is a bad, bad group of people. And it's not even them. It is their super PACs and the lobbyist, Federalist Society, Leonard Leo, Clarence Thomas, Justice Alito, they're all corrupted and they need to go and get back to basics, get back to making sure that people have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness because that is not happening right now. Okay, so let's get back to Jack Smith. So old Mr. Smith, um, he has been, um, you know, it's funny, like I, I didn't read the whole thing, but I think it's important to kind of go through some of the um, some of the uh, important parts of his um, omnibus and you really
and Vice President Pence, that fucking white-haired asshole, he even said, he went out there on stage and he said it, and I couldn't even believe he did it. Okay, the indictment alleges obstruction, not political advocacy. I can't believe that he's even saying that he's allowed to say the things that he's saying and that it's protected by political advocacy. This is coming from a man who has a third grade uh, vocabulary and has the temperament of a petulant fourth, four-year-old. Are you kidding me? He is a sick individual. Okay. The defendant's invocation of interpretive canons does not support dismissal. I didn't know what that meant, but the indictment alleges the defendant conspired to, attempted to, and did obstruct and impede the certification proceedings. Yeah, he did. That was January 6th. The indictment alleges the defendant acted corruptly. Acted corruptly? That is being kind. Everything he was doing, beginning in December, in November, he, on the night of the election, he went out there on national television and said to stop the voting, stop the counting, even before it was completed. And then his defense was, oh, well, you know, we were winning. And then all of a sudden, you know, all these votes started to coming in. Yeah, you stupid asshole. That's how the shit works. When you count, the numbers usually go up. <laughs> the indictment adequately alleges a violation of 18 U.S.C. Section 241. The indictment alleges a criminal agreement. Yeah, the, the criminal agreement was the scheme that they were conspiring. I mean, this, you know, it's so vast that it's almost difficult to wrap your brain around because it's the, 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 the criminal enterprise and the criminal conspiracy, conspiracy and, the, and the scheme was so vast that, and that is his strategy, right? Just throw everything at you. It's almost like a snowball fight, you know? The more snowballs you throw at a person, they're going to, you know, eventually be buried in snow. And that's kind of what he's doing. The defendant's constitutional challenges lack merit. Well, we know that he lacks merit. He lacks a lot of things, but merit isn't only the only one. The First Amendment does not protect the defendant's criminal conduct. The charges in the indictment do not criminalize protected speech. See, he thinks that based on the First Amendment, that he can go out there and say that the election was stolen when in fact he knows it wasn't. That is a crime because he is deceiving and defrauding the United States of America based on taking away your rights as a citizen that to count your vote. Something as basic as that. He's defrauding you of your capability to make sure that your vote is counted. See, that's how this fucking thing works. The defendant had fair notice that the charge conduct was unlawful his own attorney general, Fatso Bill Barr, told him and the rest of his attorneys, Cipollone and Hirschman and all the other White House federal attorneys who are hired by the government to protect the seat of the presidency and the White House, not Trump. See, he, that was his biggest mistake. He thought 
that Bill Barr was his attorney. And Bill Barr played along with for a long time. But unfortunately, um, he, uh, he caught the wrath of Trump. And the jury is still out on that, so he's going to go to jail too. Okay, so neither the impeachment judgment clause nor the double jeopardy clause precludes criminal prosecution here. So part of his defense in the January 6th trial is that because he was impeached, um, but that was overturned because the, the corrupt allies, uh, Mitch McConnell, I'm talking about you, um, you know, they let him go. And he's saying that because that happened, that he, he can't be tried. But old turtle fuckface Mitch McConnell said it best that he may have got away with this, but he hasn't got away with everything, right? So, and the last line in this is the defendant's double, the defendant's double jeopardy claim is frivolous. So, you know, that pretty much sums up the whole thing about this motion that Jack Smith had to um, smack down on Trump. Um, it's, a, it's a reader. I, if you don't read the whole thing, I suggest at least reading the table of contents because that'll give you an idea. But you already know everything that, that happened. They're just having to remind these, these buffoons of what is actually going on. So that is, um, you know, and he keeps going on about the First Amendment, but it does not protect fraudulent speech or speech otherwise integral to a criminal conduct, particularly crimes that attack the integrity and proper function of government processes. And that's what he's talking about. You know, he was saying that the vote was stolen and it's rigged and, and when in fact he knew it wasn't. And everyone knows except him. So when you, when you say that he's mentally challenged, it's because he ha he's incapable of comprehending the English language. And yet we're here tasked with, you know, being confused about why he doesn't understand um, basic words. Okay, so the question under the 14th Amendment is not if he engaged in an insurrection against the U.S. Constitution. The question is not, is not as if he engaged in rebellion against the USA. It's against the Constitution. Meaning, he didn't, it's, the, Jack Smith isn't saying that he's responsible for the insurrection. He's saying that he's responsible for defrauding the United States of America, which the Constitution is the United States of America. They're synonymous. The USA Constitution is basically the same thing. And, and he is saying that he defrauded that. So there, you know, over um, last week, um, I was privileged enough to hear uh, Justice, um, or yeah, uh, Mr. Michael Luddig, who is one of my favorite um, constitutional um, attorneys. And unfortunately, he's a conservative, whatever that may mean. He's an old conservative, but he's still a conservative. And I, I believe that Eventually, people are going to have to start listening to Judge Michael Luddig, but this is his quote. Executive vesting clause is what Trump violated and is quintessential insurrection or rebellion against the Constitution. It is the rebellion against the USA. 
his attorneys are arguing Trump wasn't responsible for J6. Their argument isn't the issue. They're playing semantics and they're playing with the words. And that's exactly what I said. Um, and, you know, Ludwig kept going. Trump is a clear and present danger then and now. And he keeps saying it over and over and over. And I couldn't agree with him more. And it's unfortunate that they've allowed this animal to continue. And I really think that Judge Chutkin is, you know, she is doing the best she can because she's giving the seat of the presidency um, its leniency, meaning that she has to make sure that she doesn't make any mistakes because this can affect future presidents. And if the U.S. has a future, you know, anything that happens in the future, she can't slam Trump for being a petulant child because then that will be used against other presidents in the future. So I'm giving her, I'm giving her, her, her due respect because I think that she is doing the best she can in an unfortunate situation that this animal has put us into, but he is a danger, a national security danger. And I'm not saying that just because I don't like him because I have already gone on record saying that I like Trump early on. I really did. I really, I've never voted for him, but I really liked him. Meaning I liked him as a game show host. I thought he was funny. And that's where he should be. He's an excellent game show host, but a president, I don't think so. And it's unfortunate that the Republican Party um, ushered him in. You know, it's like when you go to a party and, um, you know, you have your friends and, you know, you're familiar with them and, you know, everyone's dressed the same and everybody has the same, you know, vocabulary and the same education, what have you. And then a friend brings another friend and they're, you know, like they just got out of prison and they're, they're, um, they're, uh, uh, they're from the basket of deplorables, right? So, and that's kind of what Trump is. He is that guest that you didn't invite and has the manner and the, um, he has the, uh, vocabulary of a, a fucking retard. And that's unfortunate, but that is what the GOP has led into our political, um, you know, and they've been doing it for 40 years. This is, to, you know, the, the great thing about Trump is that this has been going on for 40 years. And when I talk about the veteran stuff, is because the Republican Party had been on a tear trying to tear down different institutions, and they are succeeding. And that's why you have Tommy Tuberville, that fucking asshole, doing what he's doing because they don't want to they don't want to pay for what they have created meaning the military personnel are supposed to be advanced in their careers and Tommy Tuberville's because you know and he picked the wrong fight unfortunately he picked the military and then he stands on his soapbox about how he knows what they're going through. Bitch, you don't know what they're going through. You are some asshole from Alabama, you stupid hillbilly. You need to sit down because this will be your last term in office based on the 14th Amendment, Section 3, and you will be gone too. Some, these people are, I mean, it's just like, they're, they're the worst of the worst. And you don't have to look no further 
and what's going on currently in New York City. And I don't really talk about New York City trial because it's not my gig. I'm more focused on January 6th. And like I said before, this is all preparation for coming up the trial. And I really think that this trial is going to be moved up. I really do, because I don't think that Trump is going to be able to control himself anymore. And Chuckton's going to have to make a decision. Do, can, we, can America wait till March 4th? I don't think so. I think that is going to have to be her decision, because locking him up is only going to make him a martyr. And we don't make martyrs of presidents. We make examples of presidents. So either they follow the rules in the Constitution or they don't. Otherwise, all of this is for nothing. Because I think what the problem is is that people are interpreting and, and you know, saying, well, it could be this, it could be that. Oh, and the Supreme Court has to fuck that. Nowhere in the Constitution does it say the Supreme Court has to decide this. This is the Republican MAGA party saying that the Supreme Court has to decide this because they've already they've already put in place their patsies in the Supreme Court because they've been doing it. They are the ones who elected George Bush, George W. Bush. Remember that old election? The people didn't vote for George W. Bush. The Supreme Court did. So that's what they're going to do with this guy. If they don't start to rein in the corruption and um, the deceit that is going on on Capitol Hill. But anyway, I'm losing my voice. I got to go to, I got to go to Capitol Hill and start screaming again like a crazy person. But anyway, <clears throat> glad to be back. I hope everyone is doing well. I'm like I said, all of these pod or these sessions are just voice right now. But soon I'm going to be standing outside this the um, courthouse. I'm going to be standing on Capitol Hill, and I'm going to be video. See, because video, I don't know. I mean, it's just kind of like I'm not a big video guy. I mean, I do it at my business and at my company, and I don't like doing it because unless somebody's giving me a lot of money, I'm not going on video. But anyway, everyone have a wonderful day, and let's chat soon. Stay safe, everyone. Bye-bye.